So I'm here with co-owner and promoter Marshall Welch from the Heart of Florida Pageants. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Where did you grow up? Um, well, I was born in a small town um, in central Florida called Bartow. And then I grew up in another small town um, called Auburndale, which is about 30 minutes from there. And um, it's a very small, small town. I was sheltered as a child. Um, I didn't know anything about gay bars or drag queens or, or anything like that um, until I actually moved out at the age of 18. Um, so I was very sheltered. So did you have any brothers or sisters? I have an older sister and I have a younger brother. Um, my sister has two kids. Um, one is um, going into high school this year and the other one is going into kindergarten. And my younger brother has uh, one son, and then he has a, a son on the way. Um, his girlfriend is pregnant, too. So I've got a brother and sister, and I've got four nieces and nephews. And with your family, when you came, how did that go? Um, again, I was very sheltered growing up, so I really did not know. I knew deep down inside that I was different because I found males attractive. When I would go into the locker room, whether it be middle school or even high school, after PE, I would find myself looking at males. Um, I never knew what that meant until, of course, I got older and um, I got into sex ed. I think it was ninth grade or something like that. Um, but I do remember one night I was in my room and my mom had came into my room and she was crying and I wasn't sure what she was crying about. But she sat on my bed and she looked at me and she said, whoever you want to be in life, I support you and I love you no matter what. She said, just remember that I'm your mom. And she said, as long as you don't hurt anybody and you're safe, I'll always love you. Oh. And I think now looking back at it, I, at the point, at the time I was like, okay, mom, like, hi, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what that was. But now that I look back on it, I know my mom was coming to me and telling me, I know that you're gay and I love you. So when you're ready to tell me and when you're ready to come out, you know, I'll love you and you don't have to worry about it. Now, that was my mom. Now, my dad, to be honest with you, my dad, I didn't have a good relationship with my father. He was very abusive, both verbally and physically to us kids. And I don't even remember if or when I came out to him. If I did, it would be later in life, like it had been in my 20s um, when I when I dated my first partner. But um, yeah, I didn't have I didn't have a, a really hard coming out, especially on my mom. Uh, my brother and my sister have all been supportive of me, um, including my mom and my stepdad. My entire family has been really supportive. They've always have, and um, the partners I've had. I, I don't I don't introduce too many people that I've date with my family unless it's something serious. So my partner right now, Brandon. It's only the third person that I've ever introduced to my family, and they all they all love him, um, and they all respect him like any of my partners that they have in the past. What did you want to be as a child? I've always I always wanted to be a teacher. Like I wanted to be an elementary school teacher because I love being around kids. I did not know the industry that I'm in now. I, I'm in the hotel, the hospitality industry, and that was by fluke. I mean, you could have asked me ten years ago. You know, if you'd be in the hotel industry and I would laugh at you because it didn't it doesn't even sound interesting to me. Um, but how I basically got into the industry was um, my partner at the time. He was a bar. He was a bartender and someone one of his regular customers would come in and he was a general manager of a food and catering company 
at the Lakeland Convention Center, and he had mentioned to him that he was looking for an assistant in his sales department. So long story short with that, um, because he knew my partner, he hired me. I had no experience at all. Um, He hired me, and I started there in sales. I was an assistant to the catering sales manager, and I was there for four years, and I learned the business before... um, a job offer came in late in Tampa for hotels and I've been in, in hotels ever since. Have you ever yourself dressed in drag? I've never been in drag. You know, a lot of people have asked me if I have, and a lot of people have tried to get me to, and I've declined because it's not something that I've, I've ever wanted to do. Not that I, it's not that I don't, um, I don't want to say don't want to or don't experience because I do want to experience it just to see what I would look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a, it's just not something that's been interesting to me. I, I've never said, oh, let, let's put myself up. Even on Halloween, I've, I've never done it. So no, I've had a couple of people um, has pressed me on the idea of getting me in drag and I'm, I'm sure I'll let them do it. But no, I've, I've never, never done that. And a lot of times when I tell people that I, that I own a drag pageant, they always ask, that's the first thing they ask me, if, is am I a drag queen or have I been in drag? What is an interesting thing about you that we wouldn't learn from your friends? That you would not learn from my friends? Um, well, I'm very vocal. Um, there's not much about me that my friends don't know about. Um, I would say my close friends. Now, the everyday people, I mean, I've got two Facebook pages. I have a, a promoter Facebook page that has close to 5,000 people on it, which is my, my drag um, page for my promoting. And then I have my personal page, which is people who I grew up with and went to school with, my close family and all that stuff. So I kind of separate my lives to make sure that I don't cross. And I have some people that are on both pages, but for the most part, I like to keep them separate. So people who see me as the promoter marshal and the general manager of a hotel marshal, they probably may not know that I love um, playing video games. I'm a PlayStation guy and a Nintendo guy. I've never I've never been an Xbox guy. And even though my dad was um, very hard on us and he wasn't a good good man, there is one thing that he did get me on and that was the Resident Evil um, series. Oh yeah, that's patience. And um, I actually last year bought a PlayStation 4 just to play the new Resident Evil game. I literally bought the PlayStation. It was like three or four hundred dollars, and then I bought one game <laughs> just to play it. Um, and I have all the games. I have the 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 first three of the original on PlayStation. I still have those games, and then I have the um, Resident Evil two, four, five, and six on um, PS4. So I, I'm I'm a game nerd, a PlayStation nerd. Um, actually, my partner um, Brandon and I were just playing um, Resident Evil together. Um, last night and then we also played nintendo the um mario do you have the virtual reality for uh playstation 4 i don't oh my gosh you need to get that because resident evil on that is awesome yeah um i i definitely because again i just bought my playstation a year ago and i only have like five games i have four resident evil games and then i have a mortal kombat game the new mortal kombat game that just came out um and that's it so um yeah, I'll definitely check it out. So what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You know, I, I think that I'm good where I am. I've thought about, I watch Grey's Anatomy because I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. And I thought about, oh, this is something I re- I understand that it's for TV. So some th- things may not be as real. But I've always been the type of person who wants to help other people. Um, whether it be medically or, like I said, a teacher that I wanted to be. So um, I don't know exactly what I would be if it wasn't 
or what I would want to be if I'm not where I am now. But whatever I would do, it would be to help people because um, I feel like kind of that's my calling. Um, I'm always trying to help people as much as I can, whether it's um, giving to the homeless or giving to people that I know um, that's less fortunate. Um, I know around Christmas time, my partner and I really wanted to do something for someone for Christmas. And um, I've overheard my one of my housekeepers talk about how she's got four kids and all their birthdays around that same time and she couldn't afford birthday presents and Christmas for them. Um, so Brandon and I got together and we put some money of our own in this pot and then we contacted some friends and we raised about $600 for her to be able to buy Christmas for her kids. Um, it just gives me joy. It gives my partner joy to just give give back to other people who's less fortunate. Um, so probably maybe, maybe now that I'm thinking about maybe working in a nonprofit organization or something. I always said that if I came across a lot of money, like if I ended up winning the lottery or my inheritance, if I get a larger inheritance or whatever, that I would start a nonprofit or something. Sure. During your life, you've experienced some highs and lows. What lessons or lessons do you wish that you would have known earlier? Growing up and, and, and learning things, you know, you hear people say all the time when you're growing up, oh, you know, life is tough. Enjoy being a kid while it lasts, you know, because it, it goes by really fast. And, and it's really true. Um, I wish someone would have actually explained to me how hard it was going to be. I wish that I had a class in high school that helped you manage your money and helped you with your finances because, you know, they have classes for driving and they have classes for, for farming. They have, they have classes for almost anything you can think about, but they don't have classes, uh, or my high school did at least, to help you with your finances or how to manage your money. Um, so that was one of the things that I had to learn on my own and it was really difficult to do. And sometimes I still have difficulty doing that. And my, my partner is very good at managing his money. And he has to remind me sometimes, no, you don't need to do that. You know, um, but one of the lowest times that I have had in my life, I'll never forget it. And I do share it with people sometimes is when my first partner and I broke up and I had to move into my own apartment. This was the first time that I actually had to live by myself. Um, so I didn't have two incomes coming in. So I, I did not know how to manage my money properly and I wasn't making much money at the time either. And I remember that I had a low amount of money and I had to go to the grocery store and I spent all the money that I had on groceries and I came home, I put it in the refrigerator and everything. And a couple of days later, my electricity was turned off because I didn't have money to pay my electric bill and I lost all of my groceries that I had just bought in the refrigerator. And I had to literally, until I could afford to turn on my electric for a couple more days, I had to run an extension cord from my apartment, from a fan, all the way to my neighbor's apartment next door on their outlet, pl outlet plug outside to just have a running fan in my house because it was so hot. You know, and I always remember where I am now and where I came from. Um, and I never forget that, that um, – I was there. So when I do talk to some of my team members and they tell me how rough it is, or if I do see people on the side of the road um, because they have hard times, I think that's why it hits hard for me is because I could have been there as well. And I was in a really hard place myself too, financial, financially. What got you into wanting to be a co-owner of a pageant system? Um, well, I never knew that I wanted to get involved in the art form um, of pageants or a female impersonation. Um, I started dating um, this guy back in 2007, and he was a bartender of a local bar in Lakeland, Florida. 
and he also was a promoter for the local Miss Lakeland pageant. It was Miss Gay Lakeland. And with us being together, he would promote the pageant, he would run the pageant, and then do the bar, and he would book queens that come into the bar. So that's how I got into it was him running it. I kind of helped him get, you know, run it with him. And then I met all these queens because he also was the show director. So he would book these queens to come in and perform. So that's actually how I got into it was doing that. And that's actually how my, my pageant stemmed from Miss Lakeland to Miss Heart of Florida. Uh, what pageants actually do you uh, promote for? So I co-own the Miss Heart of Florida and Miss Heart of Florida Newcomer Divisions um, with Amy DeMilo who is a national known, um, nationally known entertainer. Um, so Miss Heart of Florida, anyone can enter Miss Heart of Florida as long as you were um, born a male. Uh, we allow um, pre-op, post-op, transsexuals, and then they call them boy queens as well. Um, now Miss Heart of Florida newcomer, there are a little more qualifications um, that you have to meet for that. So the newcomer division are entertainers who are newer to our industry newer to competing um, you have to not have one of state title you have not have um, qualified at a national level um, and you have to live in the state of florida to enter that division i know that you have recently started your it's not a podcast but maybe a youtube youtube channel where you interview um, the queens that had actually won from the past seasons what uh, got you started into doing that um actually this quarantine thing uh, my partner and i we've been quarantined um since the beginning of march i'd say mid mid-march and a lot of people i have been thinking about this for some time wanting to do like a um a show i, I wouldn't call it like a a, po uh, a podcast or youtube it was just something that i wanted to do i wanted to go on facebook i wanted to do it once a week and there was a lot of people who were doing things like that. So I kind of wanted it to be on a day where no one else was doing their shows. Everyone seemed to be doing Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, or Saturdays. So I said, I'll do it once a week on a Monday, and I will interview one of my former, former title holders. And the point of that was um, we're all quarantined, and when you're a title holder, you're supposed to promote, you're supposed to travel the country, travel, travel the state, and book and entertain well with everything's quarantined um, no one can really travel so it was my way of getting my pageant name out there staying out there and just letting people know about the system what has happened before why someone decided to enter the system and um, their thoughts of the system so that's that's kind of why I wanted to do it so when you got started uh, with this what is one thing that you wish that you would have known uh, from the beginning heart of Florida pageantry um, well, I will say that when I started this, I wish I would have known how much drama comes behind it um, and how political it could be at times. I remember um, someone told me that a pageantry, when you start a pageant or a system, that it's really not going to be successful unless it makes it till after year five or year six. Mm -hmm. uh, this year marks her 10th year anniversary. And I remember before she was a former of mine, before she won, I was going through a meltdown because I'm the type of person who I don't like people to dislike my pageant um, because I try to make sure that it's fair. Amy and I do go great, great lengths to make sure that it's fair. And I remember I was going through some drama one year, like the second or third year, where people thought that I had rigged a pageant or something. And I was, I was distraught and I kind of was really upset and kind of crying. And I spoke with Dana Douglas. And I told her, I said, Dana, all I want to do is produce a pageant. I don't want to go through the politics. And she looked at me and she said, Marshall, then you're in the wrong business. 
And, you know, after that, like after the fifth or sixth year, you know, I stopped worrying so much about the little things and I stopped worrying about what people thought about me and the system because I knew that when the system grows, people are going to see what the system's about. They're going to see the people who's want it and what they have to say about it. And it's going to speak for itself. What has been like uh, the best resources that you that's helped you along the way? Um, there's actually been a couple of people who were promoters before I got into the promoting world. Um, Bob Taylor. He is a well-known um, entertainer and well-known um, promoter. He no longer does either one of those. He lives um, in, I think, Fort Myers area. But he um, was a he was a promoter for Mister. I'm sorry, Miss Florida U.S. of A. And when I started, he was kind of my my mentor. Um, back when I did Miss Lakeland, I would ask him for advice or or when things happen, I always relied on him. And he helped me. And another mentor of mine or resource would be Scott Ganya, who is the owner of the National Pageantry System, All-American Goddess. So those are two people that I have always been able to go to to help me. And they've helped me with the success of my pageant. Now my resources are um, my title holders, my past and present title holders. So I can fall on them um, for any advice or suggestions. Um, Amy DeMilo, my my co-owner and she actually was Miss Heart of Florida 2011. Um, she gives me a lot of advice as well and we, we, we bounce off of each other. Uh, with these pageants and getting it together, how do you go about like getting like your the crowns and things like that? Who picks those out? So when we started the system back in 2010, we knew that we wanted to choose a crown that when someone looked at it, they would say, wow. So we went through and it was actually a tense um, moment trying to find what would be the perfect crown because we knew whatever crown we chose, we wanted that to remain the crown every year. We didn't want to switch crowns every year like some systems do. So we chose the crown. We looked at it and we said, wow, this is going to be it. Um, there's a website that we use, uh, a company that I've always used, and it's called Allen's Crowns. Um, they sell trophies, plaques, crowns, sashes, and all that stuff. So the only thing that I get from them are my crowns. Um, there's a local shop where I live. Um, trophy shop is where I do the, the plaques, and they can actually put my logo on the plaques and everything like that. And then my sash is um, Ty Nolan, who is a um, former entertainer. Him and his partner, they do sashes for a lot of pageantry systems, straight and gay across the country. And I've always um, used them for my sashes. So those are the, the three resources um, for the, the crown, the sash, and, and the, the plaques. What is your like favorite category out of the pageants? My favorite category out of all the pageants, um, I have two. It's, it's evening gown and talent. Um, talent probably would be my my ultimately my favorite category because anyone um, can to can buy a beautiful evening gown and walk out in an evening gown. If, if you have the money to do it, anyone can do that. But not everyone has talent. So whether I'm judging a pageant or whether I'm sitting in the audience watching a pageant, um, especially if it's entertainers that I know before they walk on stage, um, I want to see their talent. I want to see how they put it together. I want to see um, the story. A talent, a talent is supposed to tell a story. It's supposed to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I like to see how that all um, plays out. And do you remember what uh, it was like for you when you had your very first pageant, how you felt after it was all over with? 
Well, we had just my, – my partner at the time, his name was Jared. Um, we created – we founded the pageant together. And after the first year, um, our our relationship did not last, and, and he kind of stepped away from the pageant. But our first year, um, we started the pageant, and we had it in a small town of Lakeland, Florida. And we had it in a hotel. And so many people came out to support the pageant. Um national title holders. I remember Coco Montrese had just stepped down as Miss Gay America. She came and she entertained. Um, it was at the very end of the night after we crowned, Amy actually was our first crowned winner. When Amy was crowned at the end of the night, it was a huge success. And we were so happy and we were so humbled that so many people came um, to the pageant, which was in the middle of nowhere, actually, this small town, just to support us because they knew how um, – hardworking we were with the Miss Lakeland pageant. So we felt great and accomplished at the end of the night. So do you judge any other pageants other than the ones that you co-own? Yeah, I'm asked to judge pageants um, quite often. Um, whether there be smaller pageants, bar pageants, um, I've, I've judged pride pageants, Miss St. Pete Pride. I've judged a couple of national pageants. So I've judged the All-American Goddess and All-American Goddess at Large. I judged both of those. Those were held in Daytona Beach. And then I've also judged the National Miss Gay US of A newcomer division as well. Um, I really enjoy um, judging other pageants. And my favorite category to judge would be to would be interview. If there's an interview portion of the, the pageant, I enjoy that. Because for me as a judge, I want to know who you are as an entertainer what's your background? And that's the portion of the pageant that the audience doesn't get to see, but the judges get to see and they, to, they get to ask questions and get to know the entertainer more. And when you go to judge these pageants, or is there something that you look for? Or if someone just says, hey, will you please come and judge this? Do you just, do you, are you like, okay, I'll... So when I choose my judges for my pageants, I look for a number of different things. The first thing that I think about is whoever I choose, there's seven judges, whoever I choose on the panel, I never want to choose someone that an entertainer is going to enter and they're going to look at the judges and they're going to look at me and ask me, why is this person judging me? They're not qualified to judge me. That's the very first thing that I look at. The other things I'll look at is what qualifies them to judge, whether they be an entertainer. I like to have, if I do have entertainers on my panel, I like to either have been um, representing a state or national title, um, or, I mean, it doesn't have to be that, or it could be someone who's been in the industry for a long time, who's done a lot of local pageants, someone who knows what they're doing. I never want to put an entertainer that um, has only been in the industry for a couple of years um, and they don't really know what they're doing. That's a big no-no, and you're going to get a lot of um, backlash from that. Um, if there's someone on my panel that's not an entertainer, I like them to know a, like some portion of the industry, the in entertainment industry, such as I've had choreographers on my um, panel before. I've had photographers that have been in the industry for a long time that capture these categories and they've captured promos on them. They've, they've been in the industry and they know what they're doing. So I, I, I make sure that everybody knows what they're doing. Um, I drop highs and low scores, which means that all the highest, the highest um, the highest score in each category and the lowest in each category are, are dropped. So that way the, the five scores in the middle all plan out. So I will sometimes have a special guest that's not, um, they don't know all the details about pageantry, but they know how to judge entertainment. For instance, I had a local um, 
TV um, reporter, news anchor on a couple of years ago. Um, and she was someone who actually, she gave everybody almost perfect scores. So all her score kind of dropped because she gave the highest, um, but she was very popular in the area and everything. And she's an Emmy award-winning reporter. So uh, I look at the qualifications before I choose to make sure definitely. And then one something else that I always look at is I want to make sure, and this is because I learn every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that there's different types of people on my panel. I don't want seven judges and they all be white and all be men or all be women or all trans. Doing this for so many years, I learned that I have to have different people um, on there. So I have to have someone, um, and, and it's horrible that you have to, but this is where the politics play in because even though you feel that they may judge right, you do have to do this because of other people, they may feel a certain way. So I have to make sure that I have, um, a colored person on the panel. I have to make sure that I have someone who's a little larger on the panel because if I don't have someone who's larger on the panel and they're all really skinny people, if someone who is larger who enters the pageant, they feel like they're not judged fairly because of all these people, you know? So you have to think about things like that. You have to make sure that everyone feels like they're being judged fairly. Um, and it could be a little intense sometimes, but um, I feel like that I have chosen um, great judges throughout the years. And there's a couple that I have chosen that I would say I would no longer use them, not because I feel like that they did something shady, but I don't think they understood the, the scoring, how the scoring went. Um, but yeah. So when you're judging the pageants, how do you keep this uh, from some, how do you keep someone thinking that it is rigged about the scores? Well, everyone's going to have their opinion about every pageant. You can have a pageant that is 100% fair across the board, and this person deserved to win, and there's always going to be someone or a couple of people who think that it's rigged, and that's only because their favorite person didn't win or they didn't see something that the judges saw. You know, One of the biggest things that people get upset about, especially at national pageants, is when someone loses a pageant and it makes it seem like on stage that they should have won when in reality there's a category that the audience doesn't see and that's called interview and that's done before the pageant starts and a lot of times interview has a lot of points and if you don't do well in interview that could hurt you and that could make a break if you win or if you lose what kind of questions do you ask her during the interview part so an interview is just like a job interview um, we're basically asking the person uh, what makes you qualified to win this pageant and represent this pageant what would you do to promote this system things like that someone had sent me in a message and they with some questions and I wanted to play that for you and um, get your response to those okay number one. I want to know what their favorite, most outrageous dressing room antic was from one of their contestants. Oh, um, I don't really have any stories about the dressing room for the contestant wise. Um, I, I hire a backstage manager to to run my pageants um, backstage and everything. So unless it was something that was um, should have been brought to my attention. I don't really know a lot what's going backstage with the contestants. I find myself when I'm at one of my pageants, I'm either checking on my formers and they're because they, ha- they have a separate dressing room or I'm sitting in the audience watching. Now, I try to stay away from the contestants dressing room and there's a reason why. 
Um, if a contestant sees that I'm talking a little longer to one contestant than the other contestants or anything like that, then there's word of mouth that I have a favorite or something like that. So I kind of stay away from the contestants dressing room. Um, every once in a while I'll pop in just to say, how's everyone doing? Making sure they have bottled water up there. But for the, for the most part, I kind of stay away. So things like that, I really, um, wouldn't know about. Um, I will say, because I just thought of this. One of my years after crowning, we went back to the dressing room and one of the contestants was not happy with the outcome. And she was very verbally um, frustrated that the person did not, she don't felt that the person should won, that she won because of her name in the industry and everything like that. And um, that was kind of a, a, a big deal. But other than that, I don't really have any stories in the contestants dressing room. The next question, it might, you may have already answered it, but I will go ahead and play it anyway, just in case um, you might have something to go along with that. Number two, I want to know how they managed to keep up the animosity between the contestants, you know, to keep it exciting and lively, but still manage to keep it um, low key where it doesn't turn into a physical situation. Yeah. So the, the point of a pageant is to have fun. First of all, you are competing, you're in a competition. So everybody knows, all the contestants know that they're competing against one another. I have had really, really good luck in the 10 years that I've been doing this, that the contestants have all gotten along. Um, there's been times that contestants have forgotten things, whether it be hairspray or a bobby pin or something, and, the, and another contestant will loan it to them or give it to them and things like that. I've never had any problems with contestants um, attitudes or personas or any flare-ups in the dress rooms at all um, but it is important to to make sure that they're all comfortable um, whether it be temperature wise um, I make sure that I keep water in the dress room at all times so I don't want someone because usually when someone gets hot they get irritated and once they get irritated they um, will snap um, at the drop of a dime and I don't really want that so I make sure that the the air conditioner is on if not there's fans up there and I make sure they have cold water as well um, but that's not really, you know, that's not something that I can control, especially with entertainers slash drag queens, um, because the industry alone, it comes drama. Um, but yeah, that's not really something that, that I can control. But again, I've never experienced, I've never had to, to deal with it or really had to control it. And her last question is kind of a funny one, but uh, I will go ahead and play it anyway. And number three, I'm very curious to know. How do they clean up all that glitter? Because you know there's got to be glitter. <laughs> um, it's so funny with glitter. Okay, so in my pageantry, every pageant has their own rules and their regulations and everything. It's actually in my rules and regulations that there's no glitter allowed. Um, there's no glitter, confetti, anything like that. If they do use it, um, they are charged a fee because the bar or the venue will charge me to clean it because once that get in, gets into carpet or once it gets on the floor and they have to spend extra man hours or labor to clean that up, then it's going to affect me. So my contestants know in advance that they're not allowed to bring that. Now I have approved some streamers mm -hmm. where um, they've popped some streamers and they've come out, but they know that they have to clean it right afterwards. I remember um, Brittany Moore, who is my Miss Heart of Florida 2013, she did this huge hairspray production. 
And at the end of the hairspray production, a bunch of people pop these streamers and they went everywhere. And then you will see on the DVD right after the talent's over and everyone's bowing and everyone's clapping, her team is cleaning up the streamers really quickly because they can't leave stuff like that. So glitter or um, um, confetti, that's not something – I'm not answering any of her questions because all this stuff, I mean, I don't allow that in my pageants. And it's for good reason um, because we don't want to – um, do the cleaning. <laughs> oh, I understand. So after they win uh, the crown and the title, what does that have with um, come with it? I mean, do they have to sign a contract? Yeah. So um, when you win Miss Heart of Florida, um, you normally will sign a contract, and the contract simply states the following: that you will not be seen in public, um, drunk, and you you can't use um, illegal substances or drugs um, publicly. Um, you can't have been arrested. Um, you have to make sure that, that you're not um, social on social media now. And, you know, every year, sometimes I have to add things to my contract, depending on, you know, how the world revolves. You know, I had to end up putting social media in my contract a couple of years ago, um, where you're not involved in gossip or, or anything on Facebook or anything like that. Um, and then it also line, outlines in the contract of the payment plans. Um, of when they get paid. So for instance, my pageant is a $1,500 prize package. They win $600 a night of, and then it's split up throughout the year. And it, it outlines that in the year as well. So basically it just says that you agree to represent the title um, the best you can represent the title, um, promote the title everywhere you go. Um, whenever you are in shows after the show, you have to wear your sash. So basically what I want is every time that someone's taking a picture at the end of a show, of my title holder, I want her to have her sash on so that way when people in, in pictures can see all oh, Miss Heart of Florida and then people start Googling or they start looking for Miss Heart of Florida to get people interested. Um, so the co contract basically just outlines the, 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 the finances of what we agreed upon and just making sure that that person um, represents the title and is in good behavior basically for the whole year. Is there something like during the pageant that could actually get you disqualified? Yes, and that is listed in my um, rules and my regulations for them as well. Um, any theft um, will get you disqualified immediately. So, for instance, if you're in the dressing room um, and you see something on someone else's station, another contestant station, or in their bag, and you take it without asking, that will immediately get you um, disqualified and you will be walked out by security. Um, again, being drunk to where you can't control yourself or your team, um, that, that is something else that will get you disqualified, um, right off the bat. Um, we, we want to run a professional and a classy pageant. We don't want someone who can't control themselves or control their alcohol or anything. Um, and again, um, illegal, illegal drugs. Um, my entertainers know, and Anytime you're in a club situation or anything like that, there's always going to be someone who brings it in. But my entertainers, my formers, and everyone knows that I don't deal with it and I don't um, appreciate it. So I've never seen it. I've never heard about it. So if they are doing it, they're doing it behind my back to where I don't really see it. But those are the things that will immediately get you disqualified um, from a pageant. So if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't? That is so funny you just asked me because I literally, before we got onto this podcast, I was talking with my partner and I was looking at questions um, that I had previously, that was on my computer, that I had previously asked people in question and answer. And one of the questions that it said was, 
if you could ask yourself one question, what would it be? And then answer that question. So it's so funny that you just asked me that. Um, question now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what do you like to do for fun? I mean, that, that would be a, a good question. Is like, what do you like to, um, when you're not working or when you're not promoting, what do I like to do for fun? And um, my, my partner and I, we, we love to travel. Uh, we love theme parks. Um, he works for Universal Studios. He's a mu- musician, so he sings and plays the piano so he can get us in at Universal Studios, and um, we have passes to Disney. So when this quarantine is not taking place, we're usually at, at a theme park somewhere or we're traveling somewhere. I know right before this quarantine happened, we just got back from Austin, Texas, where we were there a week um, on a short vacation. And then we had flown t- to in November to Los Angeles for the first time that I've been there to um, go to a live taping of Will and Grace. Um, and we got to met the whole, we met the entire cast and everything. So we enjoy, I enjoy um, theme parks and traveling for the most part when I'm not working and promoting. So where can the listeners connect with you online? Um, well, I am on Facebook. I don't have a Twitter um, or anything. I've never done Twitter. I, I think I downloaded it once and I didn't really like it and I just stopped using it. <laughs> Um, but I am on um, Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me um, on Instagram. It's just um, Marshall with one L, Jr. One five, or they can just um, locate me on Facebook, uh, Marshall Welch, and um, that's my my promoter page. And then I have a Marshall Welch Jr., which is just my my personal page for people who I actually know personally and things like that. And again, um, don't get offended if I don't accept someone because there are some people sitting in my friend request box that are on my promoter page that I'm not going to accept on my personal page. And it's no offense to them. I just, again, I don't like to mix um, my, my, my pages. And what about the um, Heart of Florida? So Miss Heart of Florida, um, we have a, um, a Facebook page. It is um, Miss Heart of Florida pageant. I update it all the time. I'm constantly posting things on there. Um, so just search on Facebook, Miss Heart of Florida pageant, and you'll see um, all the information from all of our former title holders, our current title holders. There's pictures there and then posts as well about what's going on. Um, I know Miss Heart of Florida, Sunny Delight, are reigning. She was just interviewed this past Thursday um, from Raul Griffin in Miami. He has a, um, a new virtual um, show that he's been interviewing people. So she was just on there and I post things like that on the page and everything. So I keep everyone posted. So Facebook, Miss Heart of Florida pageant. Well, thank you very much uh, for letting me do this interview with you. Well, I appreciate you having me on and messaging me about it. Um, And if anyone has any questions about the pageant or um, in general about promoting, um, please don't hesitate, you know, to reach out to me. I'm a friendly person and, um, I like to share a bunch on my page. So um, thank you again. I appreciate it, Rodney. Oh, thank you very much. I would like to thank my guests for joining me and letting me interview them. If you have any questions for future entertainers, please leave me a message at anchor.fm forward slash the magenta maven m-a-v-a-n also please follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at the magenta maven and thank you for listening until next time